What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another frame by frame spoiler cast. And today we'll be talking about Werewolf by Night. I'm your host, Amon, and I'm joined by Jemmy, the one with no nickname. How are you doing, Jemmy? I am absolutely pumped. I was talking about on um, our episode for this week um, that, you know, this was probably one of the best weeks that Marvel has had basically since Infinity War came out. <laughs> this is, you know, legitimately two of some of the best pieces of media, especially the one we're going to talk about today. Really excited to get into it and really glad for what this means for the future of the MCU. If you, the viewer, aren't aware of what uh, Werewolf by Night it is, it is the latest uh, Marvel Studios project. There's supposed to be a Halloween special centered around the character uh, Werewolf, basically, from Marvel Comics. So, uh, yeah, before we start, make sure to subscribe to our channel for daily content, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and help the show grow. Yep, and before we begin, let's go ahead and give our normal shout-out to our patrons. Bucky Blue, Hopple, Alpaca Tom, SAZ, the whole Brianna crew, mom, bro, wife, Brianna herself, our man Aman, Anna Hudak, and Nikolai Knight. If you want to hear your name among these great individuals, then go ahead and head over to patreon.com slash savethegamemedia and subscribe to the tier of your liking. There you can get all kinds of perks good stuff and just hang out with the crew and you know become a part of the save the game our framers as we're calling them now framers a reminder to our viewers and listeners the first part of this episode will be a non-spoiler review i will give a spoiler warning before we dive deeper uh into the special but with that out of the way jemmy let's talk about some werewolves what were your general yeah. thoughts on the on the you know the special what do you think i'm not gonna mince words i i really enjoyed it I was, you know, I'm still mewling over. I legitimately watched it. It's short, you know, it's an hour long. So it's longer, you know, than your typical Disney Plus episode, but still not mm -hmm. quite movie length. Mm -hmm. um, I personally felt right now, it's definitely ranking at the top of phase four. Definitely phase four's top project. It honestly is ranking right now in my top three for the MCU. And I'm talking about perfectly because I feel like this was a perfect genre piece, you know. It wasn't necessarily horrifying. There was no moments where I was like, oh my God, I'm scared for my life. You know? But at the same time, this was a perfect tribute to that classic horror vibes and a perfect tribute not only to that, but the, not that, but the legacy of these classic horror comics that came before Werewolf by Night being a foundational horror comic, you know, uh, horrors, you know, these talk about these foundational. There was a period during the 70s when um, superheroes were less popular, that both Marvel and DC really invested in horror characters. That's mm -hmm. where they got, you know, their own versions of Dracula, the living mummy, werewolf by night, characters like that. That's eventually where Moon Knight and, and characters Thing. like that ended up coming from. Yeah, Swamp Thing, exactly. Yeah, so all Man these Thing characters are very much, just as much as the cosmic side of the MCU is going to be a corner. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to see that the, that the supernatural side I enjoyed Moon Knight. I really enjoyed Moon Knight. Quiet as is kept, though, one thing that I was a bit dismayed was the fact that at the end of the day, it it very much kind of went into that more Indiana Jones adventure style. And we didn't really get, there were elements of it, but we didn't really get that, you know. One of my favorite runs is uh, this one right here, the uh, Lemire run. Oh, Jeff Lemire. Mm -hmm. One thing it does, sure. yeah, Jeff Lemire, one thing think it does really well is in addition to having those you know cosmic elements it also has some more horrifying elements whether it be you know in the sort of psychological horror of what mark steven uh and uh jake are going through or in the actual horrifying monster elements there was a couple of that in moon knight 
but definitely in Werewolf by Night, there was a surplus of monster action. The only thing, and even then, just also a, enough gruesomeness. I felt like this was the first really full mature project we've actually seen. By my account and by my analysis, what I know about movie ratings, if this was not black and white, this probably would have had to be rated mature. Just oh, because yeah, of the sure. amount of actual blood that for they sure. were showing. And again, this is a good sign for stuff like Daredevil, stuff like the Defenders, stuff like these other characters that we're going to get. I have no... This, if anyone has any legitimate concerns about the graphicness or whether they'll be able to honor the appropriate tone of characters like Wolverine or Deadpool or Blade, I think they need to put those concerns to rest because I think we've seen, you know, Elsa, she wasn't even, frankly, the best fighter we've seen, but we were able to see her be more brutal and more effective than we've ever seen before. Same thing with some of the monster scenes. Similar scenes, we've seen characters get their heads chopped off in a couple different movies at this point. But in this was the first time I actually really felt it. Yeah, for sure. Like right off the bat as the Marvel intro started playing, the the tone was set. Uh, And then after that intro, they had that sort of um, uh, intro dialogue thing where he was just explaining what the monster versus all the different monsters that exist and this whole corner of the MCU that hasn't been explored with the Bloodstone legacy and all of that. And uh, yeah, that's that's the moment when I was like, you know, I I can see where this is going. The classic horror camp vibes are just, you know, executed to perfection, in my opinion. The soundtrack was a homage to like classic horror movies like Frankenstein, Mummy. So if you're a fan of those, you will instantly be hit with like nostalgia. Uh, but what I love most about this special movie type of thing is uh, how disconnected it was from the MCU. Well, sure, we got some Easter eggs to other characters, but no major event or character was ever mentioned. And it was like a breath of fresh air because we we're coming off She-Hulk where, you know, um, a major um, MCU event is almost is mentioned almost every episode. And, you know, the plot of this was very simple, nothing complicated, just about a bunch of hunters trying to hunt down a monster that's been let loose. And uh, I was perf- and it was perfectly concluded within about 45-ish minutes. Uh, but overall, the story was simplistic, unique, and disconnected from the MCU. And, uh, yeah, which made for a fun experience and easily uh, top five MCU project for me. Exactly. One thing, another thing that I honestly really like is, again, the thematicness. Um, Michael Giacchino basically wrote, directed, and scored this. And you can tell that his footprint is all over this. You can tell the dude's a nerd (laughs) very clearly. A nerd for comics and a nerd for these classic movies. I honestly would love, I don't think that while I would love if Giacchino came back for another movie, Blade, I would say that I don't think that should, of course, be black and white and full camp horror. But I would definitely love that intro that they had, the Marvel fanfare, that horror intro, to become a staple for the horror side of the MCU. Because that was yeah. cool. That, oh, was, that cool. was a really campy, cool intro. Uh, so yeah, I guess this is where we jump into some spoiler territory. So warning to our yeah. viewers. Uh, so let's start with out with the characters. So um, I, I'm going to go ahead and say Gail Garcia was fantastic as Jack Russell, like also known as the werewolf. Uh, he perfectly portrayed a character that is sort of scared of himself or scared of what he might do when he becomes the werewolf. Uh, and the fact that he was there to uh, only there to rescue, you know, Man-Thing, also known as Ted, uh, which is, you know, they just added a whole new layer of depth to his character. And, uh, yeah, I thought he was very well written. And uh, I can't wait to see more Jack Russell in the MCU. One thing I appreciated really about his portrayal is he felt you could feel the depth of this character, despite mm-hmm. the fact that really we know nothing about him. 
The real cleverness of this movie, honestly, is not what it had, but what it didn't have. At the Mm. end of the day, what do we know? We know the Bloodstones were monster hunters. We Mm. know that they have a really powerful rock. That's about it. We know that they have a lot of dead ancestors. For Jack, we know that he has some dead ancestors. They hint that his curse might be hereditary, but they don't confirm it. We know that he's got a complicated relationship with them. Other than that, we know literally nothing about either of them. But you can feel the depth of his character, especially Jack. You could feel the weight, I think, of his curse. Even before, you know, he was communicating it, just in his subtle performances. The look that he had on his face watching the monster murals, the pain that he had. The slight once again, and again, it was subtle. You could tell that he was smart enough not to fully give himself away while in front of the hunters. But at the same time, hearing that his friend had, you know, literally a almost yeah. near infinity stone level weapon affixed to his back, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of sad. You know, those type of things, the acting, the portrayals I thought were really good. Also, props to Marvel. Here's what I will say. It was a choice. As you can see in this image, this is actually like an image of the comic book one mm-hmm. that we have right here. That he is a bit more like overtly monstrous, usually he has like a snout or something. It was mm-hmm. definitely a choice to harken back to the more classic to make his features more human. Yeah. Um, I was talking to my brother. My brother is on the camp that he would have maybe preferred a little bit more monstrous, since we obviously mm-hmm. see, I don't know if people have seen the behind the scenes, but uh, Ted was at least partially, Man Thing was partially practical. Obviously, there was yeah. some CGI, but mm-hmm. he was definitely partially practical. So. But yeah. I definitely agree. They went full practical with the werewolf, and I definitely agree. For the look that they chose, I think it was phenomenal. Um, oh, yeah. It was know, more akin to the 70s when, when the character was like, yes. first introduced. It was more akin to that design, and yeah. I yes, really and I really, I really like that. And even then, the way the tattoos look, the way that he was even able to communicate still with his mm-hmm. face and stuff like that, honestly, he was able to do what those great character actors like Boris Karloff were able to do way back in making these foundational movies. That's exactly. just a tribute to, I think, Michael Giacchino, um, Victoria. Um, I always get her last name wrong, but I'm just going to say the casting lady from the MCU. <laughs> and Kevin Feige putting together this team to deliver this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, sure. Let's talk about um, also Bloodstone, shall we? Yeah, definitely. I think Elsa was probably, personally, while I did like Jack, Elsa is probably right now my favorite character. I was surprised. Because for what it's worth, I knew that... I had a feeling they were going to get Jack right. I had a feeling just... But I was kind of worried. So for what it's worth, the trailer, I think, honestly made her seem a little bit more passive, the one that we watched, than she was. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, she was definitely. And again, what I appreciate about Marvel was, despite the fact that I keep making the joke that she looks like both the actor who plays Lois Lane on Superman and Lois and Christian Ritter at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> so <laughs> both of them so jessica jones and lois lane but she was definitely able to own up to the personality of elsa in the comic books mm-hmm. yeah you know snarky but not in the typical tony stark way or a more sarcasticness you could tell that there's a weight and an edge to her again we don't know what she's been through in the mcu i'm assuming right. if we could get other specials they might dive into that but we do know that there's a lot of weight to her character that she carries Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and in the comics, the reason she has those orange hairs is because I think her um, some incident happens with her father and he sort of kills a monster in front of her and her hair is bleached in the blood of that monster, turning like permanently yeah. bleaching it to orange. So hopefully maybe that's something that comes on later on. Uh, she fights a monster, kills it, bleaches her hair, whatever. 
that could yeah. be an explanation I mean, for a black guy yeah. right now. The but thing uh, is, in the obviously the elephant of the room is we know that they're going to be building the Midnight Suns. My assumptive oh. roster right now is Blade, Elsa, Man Thing, Werewolf by Night, Moon Knight. I think there's honestly a 50-50 chance Moon Knight is actually a member. I think he could be kind of like a Batman Justice League type thing where he might not necessarily be a permanent member. But if he is, mm-hmm. definitely. And Dr. then there's Strange, like a 50 Do you think Doctor Strange is going to be in the Midnight Suns? I'm honestly not sure. I think he will be in the Midnight mm-hmm. Suns, but I'm not sure if he will be a part of. I think, honestly, he could be in a very similar way. Because I'm assuming Midnight Suns would be an actual MCU big screen project. I could easily yeah, see... Um, I could easily see him being in the movie, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure because I think be that like Benedict Cumberbatch, because just simply because of Secret War, I do think that he's going to be an actual member at this point of fully involved with the Avengers. So I mm-hmm. think it'd be more like a cameo or maybe a Ragnarok type role. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, um, let's talk about Man Thing. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> the twist on this character, they didn't actually call him Man Thing, they called him Ted. I found that hilarious. And then, you know, it's just that the, the, this character just felt warm and welcoming. You know, it's just like his uh, the emotion that was portrayed through his eyes was just so heartwarming. And, you know, and yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I think, yeah, lo- I've seen a lot of people online say that the uh, man thing was their standout character. And I can totally yeah. understand why. Here's what I will say. I would agree, but with one caveat. One thing I think is, that, again, it kind of came across, but I felt like they could have been more explicit. For those of you who might not be familiar with Man-Thing, Man-Thing very similar to the character Swamp Thing, in the sense that before he became that, Ted Salas was a scientist who, because comics, fell into a magic swamp that somehow connects all realities together, because comics, and became, you know, the avatar or whatever of the nexus of all realities. But he's retained his complete intelligence. He can't communicate traditionally retains complete intelligence one thing i did see people point out fairly is they felt like they kind of grooted him a little bit which mm-hmm. again is not to say that obviously he's a pretty stand-up dude in the comics which i think they communicated but at the same time he's also so pretty intelligent one thing i hope is there's the current leading rumor is that man thing will actually be next year's halloween special mm-hmm. that could work. are they going to fully dive into him so I, yeah, I can see them doing it, like a Halloween special yeah. every year. I think that's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's my assumption is, again, from what they've said, basically, is that in general, the special presentation format will allow them to basically do whatever they need to do. Any kind of story that they want, where they don't say want to d- delve fully into a six-hour show or a movie, they'll do. once. And if they prove popular, which they've already proven popular, and I'm mm-hmm. sure Guardians of the Galaxy will do pretty well. Oh, yeah. After that, though, I would expect holiday and Christmas specials. I honestly think if they had had the idea for special presentations before, Hawkeye probably would have been a special presentation. Miss mm-hmm. Marvel would originally. have been a special presentation. I don't think, no, I think, no, I don't, I think Miss Marvel would have been a six hour show because she's going to be very important. And also, again, there, yeah, no, she, Miss Marvel would have been, I think, because she's going to be important to the MCU because she's potentially, I, I personally, I think she, they're probably setting up her to be the leader of the Young Avengers in the MCU version. Not only that, but it's already practically confirmed as getting a set. They had it planned for like two seasons from the beginning. So mm-hmm. that one. But I think honestly like that. Um, Maybe. This might be no. controversial. But I honestly think maybe not 50 minutes. But I honestly think you probably could have had Captain America and the Winter Soldier 
the yeah. around an hour and a half. Probably an, an hour, hour and a, yeah. well, no, an hour and a half is an actual movie. At that point, you yeah, but the, the, but these could like, be actual movies as well, can they? There's like they sh- can be. Minutes, what twenty minutes off of being an actual movie? True, so. true. But I would say you know at the same time, the thing about it is not just that, but also budget, because every minute in these things is expensive, and after a certain point. You have to say, if you're putting, adding more time, that's what I personally think, again, like, I think we talked about on our episode with um, Armor Wars when they first announced it. That's what I feel like happened with Armor Wars. I think they are realizing either they wanted to put Sam Rockwell, maybe bring back RDJ as an AI, whatever they wanted to do, and they're realizing, you know what, the amount of money that we need to spend on this, why don't we just go ahead and make it a movie, readjust it, because then we can give it the full budget it deserves. So I think after a certain point with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think it could have worked, maybe. I'd have to see. You would have basically probably had to drop this Flag Smashers, which frankly wouldn't be that bad, or at least make them uh, basically just terrorists, mm-hmm. and then focus a lot more on the dynamic between Walker and, Bucky uh, and uh, Sam. Yep. Walker, mm-hmm. Bucky, and Sam. But I definitely think that could have been done. I definitely okay. think that could have worked. Or mm-hmm. alternately, maybe they could have had two. Like one at the beginning, which would be like Sam and Bucky teaming up or whatever, and it could end with that. And then the next one being Sam taking up the mantle and stopping the Flag Smashers or whatever. But either way, back to Man-Thing, I definitely think that this project was... Man-Thing, you know, definitely carried it through. The one, honestly, critique I have was the fact that they didn't have a lot of werewolf we got some good werewolf we didn't have as much as i wanted but they definitely delivered on the man thing i actually had more man thing than i thought they would i thought honestly it was reverse i thought man thing would be the quick cameo that we only see a couple times for like maybe two minutes most but they were able to really bring his characterization through i'm excited to see not only him solo but also how he's going to interact with characters like steven and mark characters like a blade characters like Doctor Strange eventually. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like if they do a Midnight Suns movies, I can see him being that comedy relief character King Shark was in the Suicide Squad and Groot is in the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just the way his character came across. But uh, but yeah, let's move on to our favorite scene slash moment from the special. Mine has to be the one where you know Jack in his rebel form just clawing at those security guards, the blood splattering over the camera, the lights flashing, you know, showing the hints of shadow of him. Uh, scratching, yes. uh, just clawing his way through the guards, and uh, yeah, that scene looks so freaking cool. And uh, yeah, I think it has to be one of the best shots in the MCU, like ever. Um, another, that, on a, yeah, like, that, that uh, shot was hallway scene levels. That was oh, yeah, uh, yeah, daredevil clearly, hallway fight levels. Like, you know, when well, you could see his arm scratching and then lights flashing, uh, it's going dark for a second, and then you see shadow, the yeah, blood splattering crazy. on the camera. Oh, yeah, Michael Giacchino masterclass right there. But uh, yeah, another scene I really liked was at the end when both Jack and Man Thing, you know, when the color so it comes back in, they're just sitting on the log mm-hmm. like good buddies, so heartwarming, you know, just sipping coffee. Uh, but yeah, credit to the creative team. I've only seen these characters for like forty minutes, and I'm already invested and attached to their stories. You know, exactly. that's they're so well written. Credit to Michael Giacchino and his creative team. Kevin Feige, give us more Halloween specials, less Disney Plus TV shows. That would be. My statement. I would honestly say this. My favorite when I have to come to this. There's only, there's two, and again, why I say it's top three. Honestly, what sold it for me, not just all the whole vibe, because I would agree those other scenes were best. We're good. But Infinity Wars beginning 
and Black mm-hmm. Panther's beginning, I feel are the two best introductory to in the MCU. Mm-hmm. They fully mm-hmm. throw you into the action and throw you into the story. They make you feel a part of the world before you. Yep. You don't even have time to think. Oh, this is a Marvel movie. No time wasted. It, just straight. Yes, no time wasted. Puts you into the world. This was the third best. The intro, everything from the moment it did it till the moment where the door slowly slides up and reveals Jack walking through after the narration. That whole extended part right there. That was almost Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2 levels of introductory goodness that just makes me go, chills. (laughs) Also, Uh, the fact that, again, it perfectly set it up. That Avengers thing, by my count, is the only actual real reference to the MCU. Because there were other Marvel references. There was there was a picture of Gore. uh, Gore the God Butcher. Was there okay? um, like when they were going to the monsters, there was gore, and there was another monster from the comics. I can't remember the name. I was just scrolling through Reddit, and someone pointed it out that it's a monster. I'm not being movie. funny. How would they know who gore is? I have no idea. There, there was a picture of gore in there, but that it was more yeah. like the comic version of gore. Yeah, there's a comic okay. still of a Thor putting an axe through gore, and that exact still was a, you know sort of like carved into the. Uh, was still, maybe a member of the species or something, kind of like with how yeah, Korg similar species or something. Yes, yeah, something like that. But it was, species. I it was near identical. Yeah, I'm not going to overthink a cameo. <laughs> but but yeah. anyway, either way, very minimal, very minimal actual MCU connections. When talking about you know this, other than that, it perfectly sets it up. It makes you feel like I could, this could basically potentially be. I feel like, quite as it's kept. While the Defenders, it seems like, are going to be fully integrated, I honestly feel like the Midnight Suns have the potential to be the next Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or be the next Defenders. Still connected to the MCU, but still separate enough into its own world where, honestly, again, it can be the world beyond, outside of the Marvels. Yeah. The traditional heroes. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, but yeah, well, with that out of the way, let's move on to our criticisms. Do you have any criticism about the uh, special in a soul? Uh, I mean, here's the thing. Again, for a special called Werewolf by Night, it did have a little less werewolf. Personally, mm-hmm. I honestly would have added, I don't think it needs a lot, just five minutes. Here's what I would have done, honestly. Just five minutes. Have him Jack transform and then just have some more of some classic suspense type horror of them walking through maybe go back through the maze have them maybe the guards run through the maze and have it again mirror the thing like just one or two scenes for it to be quiet and then start the carnage just to give us a little bit more suspense and a little bit more werewolf time that um i mean again at first i was like elsa's hair isn't red (laughs) But then you had a good point that they could just yeah. actually show that on screen. So, like, at this point, there's no... It was... Anything that I would say would be a legitimate nitpick. This, would, this was my favorite, by far, project of Phase 4 and one of my favorite MCU projects. Oh, yeah. Um, like, you know, my only criticism for the special, again, as you said, Werewolf wasn't enough. I wanted to see more Werewolf, and yeah, I'm quite bummed we didn't get more. That's literally my only complaint. Like okay, I want wait. to see that more. One thing. One. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, my like I want to see more of the dynamic between um Elsa and uh, Jack as a werewolf. Maybe just a few more minutes in sprinkled there. Would have loved it, but uh, yeah, that's my only criticism, and that's I think the only thing holding it back. And maybe that the was one thing, the time constraint they had. 
The one thing I will say is that the MCU is skilled at making original characters, but for the most part, all they were cools, they were stock characters, the other hunters. So mm-hmm. I felt like it would either do one of two things. If they were going to be stock characters, I felt like they honestly should have just picked some random hunters, monster hunters, because Marvel's playing monster hunters. So pick mm-hmm. some random monster hunters that they don't care about using and put them mm-hmm. in there so that way that could be, ooh, comic Easter egg. Or if they were going to be original characters, just give them a little bit more depth. Because aside from mm-hmm. the Scottish dude, I don't know anyone's name. I call them Scottish dude, elf lady, um, ninja yep. guy, and uh, black <laughs> I'm sorry. Literally, literally, but uh, so, so that's literally because they had no, they had no names. They were cool, but they had no real discernible personality. And for what it's worth, that kind of almost might be on purpose, harkening back to again. This really was focused on only the, I think Ver, Verusa, I think was her name, the aunt lady. But yeah, uh, the stepmom. Um, but other than that, basically, I, they were stock characters. I felt a little bit more depth to them. Aside from that one scene with Scottish man, would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that that's pretty much my only complaint. Uh, but now, last but not least, um, Jimmy, what will you give this special out of ten? I'm gonna go ahead and give it honestly a nine out of ten. I think this mm-hmm. was as yep. close to perfect as it literally could have been, and that's uh, yeah. that's not nine nine point five. I think easily. Exactly. <laughs> I would give it a solid nine out of ten as well. I think this was near perfect. And uh, yeah, do you have any concluding thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, honestly, again, I sincerely hope we get more of these. Um, I'm thinking the more I think about it, yeah. One, the next non non Halloween, non Christmas one I would like to see would be Nova. I do not think Nova should be Nova. a movie, and I don't think it should be a what's it name. I also think Michael Giacchino. I would hope directs a lot more. Frankly, yeah. in either thing, because here's the funny thing about him. He can work in both Marvel and DC. My brother and I were talking about I could easily see him doing a question project or a... Oh, well, I mean, Zaslav won't let him do a question project, like, if you think about it. But... Zaslav won't let anyone do anything. So, but in a hypothetical, in a what-if world where Zaslav wanted to make movies as a mm-hmm. movie studio... <laughs> then it would be cool to see. But on the Marvel side, I would love to see him do pretty much any horror character. And honestly, any street-level character, I'd be really impressed. Do you think Ghost Rider gets a special or instead of a movie? I honestly know. I For the simple fact is, Ghost Rider was about to have a show with Gabriel Luna, and then Marvel canceled it. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Feige was very cagey about it and continues to be. So I think Ghost Rider is going to get a full show. I don't think. I think he's going to be a lot more important to where he'd get a six episode show. And I do think for what it's worth that that could work better because while man, the thing about world by nine is he doesn't have like really iconic villains. His most iconic duty fought was moon Knight. (laughs) So other than that, and man thinks similarly, he's more of a general monster character. He doesn't really have specific characters unique Mm -hmm. to him. Ghost Rider on the other hand does. He has his own whole cast of characters. He has his own villains that they can use. Mephisto, just gave myself WandaVision flashbacks. <laughs> that he who shall not be named. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of different characters. And also, because there's like five Ghost Riders, I definitely see them carrying that through as well. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, Jemmy, uh, I think this is where we wrap it up. Uh, we, where can we find you? Yep. You can find me on Instagram at Jemmy underscore 421. 
You can find me at Amon underscore M05 on Twitter. Thank you all for watching and listening. Um, you know, let us know your thoughts on the special in the comment section below. DM us on Twitter. Uh, join us. Join our Discord server where you can interact with all the hosts and co-hosts from the Save the Game Media Podcast Network. You can check out our website for additional information on all the our on all our other shows. Got tongue tied, but uh, yeah. Um, that's where we wrap it up. Thank you all for watching, and I'll see you guys again very soon. Peace.